This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The TalkSport Fan Network is probably supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Ask Sherwin-Williams during the Endless Summer Sale, August 26th through September 5th, and get 30% off paints and stains with prices starting at $29.39. That means 30% off our most popular color family, blue. Psychologists have found it to be soothing and relaxing, which makes it especially great for bedrooms and bathrooms. And of course, 30% off all of our other colors. Shop the sale online or visit your neighborhood Sherwin-Williams store. Click the banner to learn more. Retail sales only. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. Welcome to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Coleman, and co-hosted with me today is Mike Gregg. This is another Q&A with Mike, and in this episode, we'll be once again discussing your questions submitted to the Cottage Talk Twitter and Facebook pages. And I want to thank everyone for submitting questions. There are a good amount of them. On top of that, I've got some topics for Mike as well. That's how we'll get going. But before I do anything else, I have to welcome Mike back to the show. Mr. Gregg, how you doing? Yeah, hi, Russ. Yeah. Doing well. Looking forward to doing the show and uh, seeing what questions get thrown at me. And um, you know, quite, yet again, a quiet time as a Fulham fan. And lots of discussions online. Mike, seriously, there's really not much to talk about. You're 100% right there. But listen, you just told me off air. You did a survey earlier today. Just talk about the response to it. Oh, I did. Um, years ago, I did a map for friends of Fulham and they're uh, the members. So they sent me their postcodes and I've created a map and I haven't done that for a long time. And uh, so this morning I thought, oh, let's throw out a survey. Let's see if I get a few hundred people sent back. So along with asking people for their location where they live, I asked, you know, have they got a season ticket? Where do they sit? How long have they supported the club? Just to cross-reference things. But anyway, I've been... You know, I launched this at nine o'clock, sort of London time, and uh, here we are, nearly twelve hours later, and I've had like twelve hundred replies. And that's uh, crazy. <laughs> yeah, I know, difficult to keep up with it. But um, I've put a map up with nearly a thousand places on them, you know, on display, and uh, I'll update that with a heat map over the next week, and then throw out some other data as well. And, some of it's quite interesting, which I sort of drilled down to. So, uh, yeah, we're you know, anyone's interested who know me on Twitter, just take part. And uh, yeah, it's it's a it's been a, an interesting day, that's for sure. <laughs> that's all good there, Mike. Glad that you were able to do that. All right, let's get into it. I'm going to start with my questions, and I'm going to start here, Mike. I, I was thinking about this in the Premier League era when Fulham had been in the Premier League. Where does this season rank as bad seasons? It has to be one of the worst. So where does this one rank? I'm curious your thoughts. I I mean, it's the worst season we've had as a club um, since, you know, the mid-90s, really. I know, you know, we've had a a couple of brushes with relegation. We had the great escape season. Um, And actually, game on game, if you look back against the great escape season, we're actually doing better. I think we're doing better by a point. But uh, I saw that. 
Yeah, I think it's more the more the uh, sort of quality and the, the expectations we had, and every you know sacking a, a popular manager. So it's definitely the uh, the lowest season we've had since we got in the Premier League. So you know what are we looking at? This is our 18th season since our first season back in the top flight, and uh, yeah, it's by far the worst. Um, it's uh, you know, even when Roy came in and we had some bad results, I don't, we, you know, your memory plays tricks, but I, I don't recall the sort of just such dire, awful, you know, performances we're seeing. I mean, yeah. there were certainly some bad ones, but, you know, and there may have been mitigating circumstances, you know, certain injuries to other players, that type of stuff. But, uh, you know, at the moment it's... Um, it's looking like a lost cause and uh, yeah since the relegation and low seasons of sort of 94 95 uh, wow. this is as bad as uh, that's why there's yeah there's a good amount of anger Mike but honestly I think it's uh, warranted based on like you mentioned expectations coming back to the Premier League and uh, fans are upset because they expected much different from this team, and uh, it's been very unfortunate to how it's all worked out. So you actually see this as worse than the season than we got relegated. Yeah, yeah, I think it is, to be honest. Um, that relegation season, yeah, again, that was had its moments of awfulness, shall we say. But um, yeah. there's just, you know, with the money we spent last last summer, rightly or wrongly, and and following a great season last year and the, and the highs of May 26, everything just feels so much worse times 10 this year. And, uh, yeah. you know, there's no, there's no real decent, you know, we had that decent half, but we haven't had a real good game, a good performance, really, all season. You know, even Maybe if the Burnley at, match at home, maybe? I was just about to say that's possibly the only one. <laughs> Yeah. And of course, I missed it once. I had to watch that on uh, on replay. But yeah. um, I mean, spare a thought from the old man who's got a season ticket. He's missed both the Burnley and the uh, and the Brighton and the game match? this year. Oh, yeah. So, um, but yeah, no, it's it is worse than the relegation season because okay. uh, you just you just feel as if you, you can't see where the points going to come from. That's the problem. It's hard. It, it really is, Mike. It's uh, very difficult to watch because I actually thought, I guess I could say stupidly, that after the Brighton Hove Albion match that we would see a, a turning point and then it just all went downhill from there, from the end of the transfer window to playing against Crystal Palace, a team that I have much respect for, but they were there to be beat and they could not get anything out of it. That, that was That's an average team. It's a professional team the real kick in the teeth was the Crystal Palace match because I looked at it and said, you know what? They need to get something from this. They need to win this. And they got absolutely nothing. They got what they deserved in the end. All right, Mike. Well, I mean, go ahead. Sorry. Can I, yeah. Yep, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, the Crystal Palace match, we didn't even turn up. That was the worst thing. I mean, you can accept losing games. Right. If you give it a go, if you play your best, but following the second half against Brighton, I mean, it was just a, such a last performance. Um, not as bad as Huddersfield away, but for me, up there, on the basis that this was a game we had to win. Yes. Um, and certainly not lose. And and to just not turn up uh, was just awful. Absolutely awful. Yeah, it, it really was, Mike. And In fact, I said for me, this was worse than the Huddersfield Town match because of the expectations coming off the brighton Hove Albion match. It felt worse to me, but I understand why you were talking about the Huddersfield Town match as well. You know, again, this all leads to why are we where we are? I think that there are some factors, and this is not an excuse, these factors I'm going to be talking about. I just think I'm looking for reasons why Fulham ended where they are, and I think this is something that I, I want to ask you about. How much of a factor do you put on the fact that the championship final, Mike, was so late, which gave Fulham less time to build their Premier League team, and also, the transfer window closed much earlier now because they changed the date. So how much do you put these two factors in leading us to 
the team that they now have? Because I think there are factors, like I said, they're not excuses, but I think Fulham were in a worse position than their opponents in the Premier League because of timing. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it is almost a month from uh, the last league game to the playoffs, but you have to plan, you know, plan for that. And and the club did say that they had three sets of lists. Right. One with Premier players, one with Champions. But they couldn't players. act on those, Mike. That's the problem that I'm that I want to mention. Well, they to a point, to a point, but you know, you can still sort of be negotiating, talking to players, saying, well, look, if we do go up, this is, you know, this is what we can do. Because um, no one's going to strike any deals at that point. Sure. So, yes, it does put you back a little bit. Um, but I don't believe it's a, it's a big enough excuse to, um, you know, to blame this season on. Certainly not. I think when we talk about the transfer window, yep. um, I mean, that was the same for every club. Sure, but I I have mentioned that you know as keen as all the fans were for it to stop and the clubs because they voted for it, I think in retrospect and having seen it in action this year, and maybe I'm only saying it because we're having a bad year, <laughs> is you don't have those three or four games now yep. to look at what you got and make a change. So I think um, there's going to have to be a mindset change and a change in the quality of friendlies that teams do before the window shuts you know before the season begins so you know those three or four games where they were bed players in see how they're doing this type of stuff they're going to have to do in pre-season now so it might raise the standard of pre-season games possibly um but uh you know i'm i'm torn now i'm i'm not so sure that closing the window before the season is a good thing but uh yep. you know I'm not sure if they voted to continue that today or or not. I know the Premier League teams had a meeting. Okay, very interesting. And Mike, you know, going on with this theme, because again, I want to make this clear: Fulham again got it wrong. You know, I I, I like the ambition, but it just didn't work. But they were also dealing with something that you know I keep hearing this from people telling me: while Wolves were able to do it, Wolves were able to thrive in the Premier League. Well, I think Fulham had a little bit different situation, Mike, and, and you're going to agree with me on this. Not only did they have to build a new team, they also lost all these loan players because they were a big part of who they were last season were loan players. Let's be real about that. So they had a ton to do to build this team. I, I think that's another factor we don't talk enough about, the fact that many of our players last season were loans. Well, yeah, I mean, the Wolves, the Wolves uh, question, it's, it's, it's such a difficult one to talk about. I mean, the fact is Wolves had players in the championship last year. Who, they were Premier League players. They're Premier League players. And because of their deal uh, with the agent uh, that they're close to, those players were allowed to come, come in, be in the shop window while helping Wolves get promoted. Wolves get promoted and they keep most of them. They went down that route and done that. We had to have loans to have any chance of getting promotion. We could not have bought players like, uh, you know, Callis and Target and, that, and those kind of guys or Mitrovic um, because we were in the last year of our, um, of our parachute payments. So we could not have offered anything like that. So we took the gamble with the loans and, um, you know, and we were successful in, in doing that. In hindsight, yes, you can look back and say, you know, it would have been nice to keep certain players. Um, and you can argue for and against against that. But, uh, you know, I think, I think in the summer, the vast majority, 95% of fans were very happy with all the players who came in. We could go through all 12 of them and say, yes, that made sense. That made sense. I can see why they did that. The only one that stands out really in some ways is Anguissa because we haven't seen enough of him and 30 million for a player like that who not many people have known is the, is the main question mark. I still think there's a good player there and everyone I seem to speak to thinks that as well, but it's just, it's just the way, you know, the amount we paid just sends everything off kilter. If, we, if the summer had been 70 million without spending him, 
then right. you know that hundred million sort of headlined debate figure you know wouldn't be anywhere seen so um yeah i mean it's everything's in hindsight now russ <laughs> you know we can all right. look back and say shouldn't have done this should have done that um but it's just it's just not that easy to do and uh for various reasons we are where we are okay very good then mike all right i have to ask you this because i was not in favor of sacking slavisa i understand why they did it i understand who they replaced him with so again we're a little bit further into the season is it fair to me to ask was that the right move Again, in hindsight, you could say you could say no. We should have kept him on. But I'll go back to I was having this on uh, Friends of Fulham the other day. You know, he lost six games in a row, six league games in a row. Where do you draw the line? Is it eight? What if he'd lost eight in a row? What if he'd lost ten? And then people will come back at me and say, "Oh, but the Liverpool game, it, it found it put Chambers in the middle when we almost got something from it." And I go, "Well, yeah, great." But a week before we had easily the worst performance you know in a very very long time against Huddersfield so I didn't want to I didn't want him sacked but he wasn't helping himself he wasn't getting the results um maybe in hindsight the wrong manager came in um but again you know I was the, the two things I think have to be looked separately one is the manager get should you sack the manager who's lost six games in a row, probably yes. And then the second part of that is, who do you bring in? It's not a case of sacking Jukanovic to bring in Ranieri. It was sacking Jukanovic, and then you have to bring a manager in, and that was Ranieri. So the mistake, looking at it, possibly was Ranieri, I would say. But, um, you know, it's... It's all in hindsight. Would he have got to win the next game, Savisa? Would he have got a draw? Would we have got more points? I could argue he had teams better in the second half of the season, so maybe he would have found found a way to uh, improve where we were. But the fact is we are more points behind um, 17th now than we were when Savisa was sacked. So, you know, maybe it was a mistake. Sorry, Mike, I just had to bring that up because I was someone that enjoyed the play. It's funny because I keep hearing this too. I've had people contact me. I would rather have Savisa based on the style of play than the style of play that we're playing under under, uh, Ranieri. I'm sure you understand that too. Even though we leaked so many goals, people still enjoyed the style of play. No, absolutely. And if there's there's one good thing that's come out of Savisa getting the sack and Ranieri taking over, is that we've had a chance now for a dozen or more games to watch football as a sort of, you know, a bit more rough and tumble, a bit more direct, you know, less passing. And, um, you know, and we've spoken about this over the years, haven't we, Russ? You know, people yep. want to be more direct and, you know, get the ball forward, stop passing it around at the back. Well, believe me, I think most fans now realise, mm, yeah, you know, passing it around is a lot nicer on the eye. And, and oh, hands down. That's not even close. Better football. So those who say it's the results that matter and nothing else, um, I, I, I'm never going to agree with that. In the end, you want to be entertained in some way. Um, and uh, the way we've been playing is not entertainment. And um, I'd, I'd rather we were playing nice football and losing than the percentage game that we're playing at the moment. Okay, excellent, Mike. All right, this is a, a discussion that we actually had on the uh, post-match show. I believe it was um, Giannis who brought this up. It might have even been full-time. He brought up the name, Mike. Yes, he brought up the name of Sam Allardyce. And uh, I'm not for changing the manager. Let me just stress that. But I've actually seen others that think it's time to change the manager again. And I'm thinking, why would you do that? Haven't we learned anything from Felix McGath that you would change the manager again? I understand why people are asking, so I want your opinion on the fact that some want to change the manager once again. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, it's um, there's an interesting thing coming up uh, quite soon. I mean, we've got Manu on Saturday, and then we haven't got a game for almost two weeks. So, right. 
if we lose, <laughs> well, if we lose on Saturday, um, that's a long gap really to the 22nd. And, uh, you know, if we've just come off the back of a hiding, then I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if they just decide, well, you know, we're down, hasn't worked, let's make a change. We sacked um, uh, Rennie on uh, February the 14th last time and employed McGaff, so it's February the 14th next week. Who's to say uh, they don't decide to make a change? I mean, I would, the, 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 I think we spoke about it, I think when we did the show last, you know, January, should should we buy certain types of players? If, it's the, if we think we're gonna go down, should we buy, you know, players ready for next year? Um, there could be an argument, let's see if we can get a manager in who can, uh, have a few months here to get used to us. Yes, we're going to go down, um, but he hits the ground running in the summer, can set up all the training, all the pre-season and everything, get ready to go. Um, I don't think Claudio will be here next year if we, if we end up going down. So, yeah, I can see a change. The worst change for me would be Parker as caretaker. And then, and then also, I don't want us to go to the other end of the scale and employ another dinosaur like, you know, Big Sam or even Moyes or others. Right. I want us to have a, I would like us to go and look for a, a younger coach, someone who is managing. So um, you can, you know, look at people like Lee Johnson, you can look at the Barnsley manager, um, Graham Potter at Swansea, who plays nice football, uh, but he's not totally happy there. You know, and, and maybe some guys from abroad to have a look at that with fresh ideas. But people who have a philosophy of playing football here would be my preference and at the younger age range as well. And a two year plan to get back. Let's not, you know, let's not throw everything at it. Let's, uh, let's build a foundation so that we, we don't have to, um, you know, panic buy and splurge money in the uh, summer when we go back. Okay, excellent there, Mike. Very interesting take about you. Uh, follow up on Scott Parker because I, I've got a little bit of pushback on that because I said that I could actually envision, not that I want it, Scott Parker being Fulham's manager in waiting, say, in the championship. And uh, some people have liked that. Some people have said, no, that's not a good idea. Well, what are your thoughts about his future with Fulham Football Club? I Quite simply, I'll just wish he wasn't there he's, okay he's a joke. um yeah uh he, since he when he joined us first time we got relegated in the season then we had two bad years yes he's gone away come back and we're having another bad year he, you know he's not you know how many ladders he's walked under or black cats crossed his path or whatever i don't know how many mirrors he's broken but anything related to fulham it just seems to be a complete disaster so uh you know, there's other stuff as well, as I say, which I, I won't go into. On, but um, no, I, I, I would be not unhappy if he left the club. Oh, wow. Okay. Thank you for that, my friend. All right. Let's move on because you and I have talked about this. I've now come to the conclusion that Fulham are going to get relegated. I've accepted it. Okay. I really have. I've accepted it. It's going to take a monumental situation you've said before would be bigger than the great escape for it to happen so then that got me to think and people have said this to me as well so i'm going to bring it to you why not play some of the youngsters that have a potential future next season mike i'll just throw out a name like steven session what are your thoughts on that should they be playing younger players now i guess it's difficult because you don't want them to accept relegation but why not at least bring in some young players that might have some upside and give them a shot and this weekend might be a good time to try Steven Session. I'll just throw that out there. Yeah, I mean, I, I know we're short on the right back side, so unless he goes to four at the back, I suspect we might see Session on. Um, I'm not sure you want to throw youngsters in against Man United in a team that's near the bottom of the league where morale is almost zero. I mean, you can, we saw McGaff and what he did to youngsters in a losing team. So fair point. Um, I wouldn't want us to to do that. Uh, some of the youngsters who I would consider to be close enough to being in the uh, 
first team squad uh, are either injured at the moment or just haven't played enough games. Um, I would say, you know, let's get the Man United game out of the way. We've got the two week break. Yes, I accepted last month that we're going down. And yes, let's, you know, we've got a dozen, we will have a dozen games left. By all means, put Steven Session on in, try and get Del Toro in there as well. Let's have a look at, um, you know, a couple of the other guys and and give them some game time because, you know, we are not going to get out of this. It's it's almost impossible to get out of. Um, so, but to do that, maybe we would have to make that change that we spoke about in the previous question. Mike, very interesting stuff. All right, let's move on, Mike. And this is something I've been thinking about, so I want to ask you the same. Mike, could Fulham actually be better off financially for relegation this time around than the last time, just because they have so many assets that they didn't have last time. They had a much older squad, and you have some serious assets this time around. We know the names, Ryan Sessegnon, Alexander Mitrovic, Tom Kearney, Jean-Michael Sarri. So you're the one that really follows the financial situation. I think they're better off. Would you agree? Oh, yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, if we wanted to cash in this time, we've got players, you know, we can get some serious money for, whereas last time, you know, we couldn't give players away, quite frankly. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, we should be okay. I mean, our wage bill is going to be high, so we have to certainly uh, clear that. We have learned what it's like in the championship, both financially and, you know, from a playing perspective as well. So, we should be in a better position than um, 2014 when we went down last time. Um, but the question is, will we have learned the lessons? And you hope they have done. But unfortunately, the track record of the club is they don't learn lessons. Um, <laughs> so there's obviously going to be uh, question marks over that. Yeah. It's um, fascinating, Mike, because I really look at it and I've said on Cottage Talk that I could really see Fulham being able to you know, again, spend a good amount of money. You don't want to see them sell their best players, but I, I think we realize that they're going to have to. But I think it gives them a real good chance to, if they get it right, because that's the whole thing. It's not how much money you spend, Mike. It's how you spent it. I think we've learned that this season. But if they spend it wisely this time around, I think they have a better chance of coming right back up than they did last time. Yeah, we. I mean... That's what it's going to be about, though, isn't it? It's going to be who's in charge, who we sign, who we keep, um, and and the plan. You know, I'm sure the plan the club will have will be to try and get back ASAP. Um, my worries about that is we 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 don't plan for when we do come back. So we you know we build a team that you know okay might get us up. Um, but then come the summer of uh, 2020, we're, you know, in danger of having to repeat what we did in 2018. So, uh, which is why I'd like a, you know, maybe a two-year plan and, and and try to build some really solid foundations where we don't have to bring in a dozen players. Okay, very good there. Mike, all right, let's uh, move on. It's time to go to the questions on the Cottage Talk Twitter page and the Cottage Talk Facebook page. Let's start with Twitter. You've got a good amount here, Mike, and uh, let me just pull them up for you. And, uh, you know, we've done several of these, and uh, people love to, to talk to you, basically. They, they, they want to know what you're thinking, Mike. So let's start right here. Let's start with Gary C. This is on Twitter. He sent this to you. Does Mike believe Shah Khan will – Overhaul the recruitment in the summer. If yes, what's his best guess as to what may happen? When he means overhaul the recruitment, I suppose he means Tony, doesn't he? And uh, I have a feeling that's what he means. <laughs> it's a I guess. It, yeah, I've heard his question would come. Um, well, as I said on not the last show, but probably two shows ago, which I did, you know, I, I do feel Tony is easy option is to bring someone in to work next to him. Um, who is a name and that the fans feel they can trust. Unfortunately, Tony has lost that trust from an awful lot of fans, uh, rightly or wrongly. Um, 
but Shahid is the owner in the end, and although Tony is his son, you know, he's got to look after his asset, and uh, which is the club. Um, so will it be, I'd like to think it would be, I'd like to think there would be ch some changes made, so that we don't have costly mistakes like we've, we've done last summer, but my real feeling is Tony has a real belief in, in, in the way they do things, um, a, a passionate belief in it, and yes, he's got a lot of uh, stick and verbal, some of it very unwarranted and nasty, uh, whatever your feelings are. Um, but I don't think they will make a change. I think he will stick with what he, he knows. Um, a lot will depend who the manager is, I'm sure. Um, but no, I, unfortunately, I don't think Shahid will make the changes I, I think some the majority of fans would want. Okay, very good. Yeah, it's something that uh, people have asked me a good amount. You and I talked about it because I think that it would be beneficial for Tony to bring in someone that has a good amount of experience to help him out. I, I, I really do. I'm, they do it with the Jacksonville Jaguars. They have Tom Coughlin, who I'm not sure his role totally, but he's someone that has a lot of experience, and he's there to basically help. And uh, I, I don't see why that would hurt Fulham Football Club or Tony at all. So I would like to see that, but like you said, I, I don't know if it will. All right, this is from Colm Bugler. Is Ranieri being told from above to not play Sessegnon so he doesn't get injured and maybe becomes disillusioned, which could result in a transfer request? Or am I just overanalyzing? Yeah, I think he's overanalyzing. I just think he doesn't fancy him. <laughs> you know, I think he sees an 18-year-old who, for him, is not giving him what he wants. And uh, so, you know, I don't think there's any ulterior motive to not playing him. Uh, apart from he doesn't think he can uh, do a good, good enough job for the team in the in the role that he wants. Yeah, I think he was talking today, wasn't he, about him wanting to be a bit nastier and uh, right. a bit tougher. And, you know, what's that, the second or third time he's mentioned his sort of strength and, and that. And I suppose that sums that particular manager up and, and the views of how he wants, you know, players to play, you know, and... Um, yeah, I mean, it's, I, I don't think it's a case of we don't want him to get injured uh, so that we can sell him. I think it's just a case of a manager not wanting that particular player. It's a strange one, Mike, because here you have a talented player. And I've heard the comments from Ranieri, but I just don't get this because I see the players that he p puts out. Do you agree with not playing Session? I'm curious your thoughts on this because I don't. Well, I mean... It depends where you're going to play him as well, doesn't it? Because, you know, Babel's come in and done okay. Mitchell is yes. you know, going to take his place. So should he play the left wing back? And then you get people saying, oh, he's not a left back. He's not a left back. Um, and then, you know, Sherlock, for all his faults, had been scoring goals. So, you know, it's, with the injuries, he should start now. But then you have Vieto, who did very well when he came on against Brighton. Yeah. Um, then, then was anonymous when he came on against Palace. So, <laughs> you know, and the thing is, Sess is only eighteen, and you have, you know, he's still learning. It is a massive jump, and as we've seen in this division, and as I've explained about him before, he's he's not bail. You know, he is a, a good player. Um, but, you know, he's, he's still got a lot to learn. So, and I like Joe Bryan. So does he take, take his place and, and learn that kind of level, uh, you know, learn it left back again? Yeah. But, um, so, I don't know. It's difficult for me to say, you know, 100% he should be a starter because I'm not convinced at the moment he, he is a 100% starter. Okay. He should certainly be in the 18. Right. He should certainly be... He should certainly be one of the subs if he is a sub who comes on because of what he can produce if we're chasing games as well. And, uh, you know, he is a Fulham, Fulham lad and he says all the yeah. right stuff, does all the right stuff. But, um, you know, it's, uh, it really is a tricky one. I mean, I'll be really interested if he signs an extension before the end of the season. I'm convinced he will. And if he doesn't, 
then uh, I think he will be gone in the summer, no doubt. Yeah, it's uh, a tricky situation with him, Mike. It's very interesting the way that you phrase that because I've had people tell me that, hey, off the bench, he's uh, could be very good, but uh, starting each and every week, maybe he's just not ready for it, even though, uh, you know, at times I, I thought he looked like it, but Ranieri doesn't see something. Okay, Mike, I have uh, two questions that I think go w- with each other, so I'm going to give them both to you. This is from Adam Fentman. Who will stay and who will go? And then Matt tweets to both of us here. When we are relegated, will the team be stripped bare like it was before? So I think they're kind of similar questions. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's difficult to say, isn't it, who, who will actually stay or go. But um, I think, you know, if we get... We're going to go down. I keep saying I think. We, we, we all know perfectly well we're going to go down. <laughs> it's like any football fan. You, you just want to hold on, don't you? Just, you know, whatever the uh, situation until it's mathematically impossible, we're, we're all going to hold on and just go, oh, yeah, it's not going to happen. We're, we're going to survive. Um, I mean... I, th- I think we're, you know, we're going to lose Mitrovic, absolutely. Yep. Um, I, th- I think we'll lose Session on as well. I can see Siri going, um, and I can see Kearney going as well. Uh, so I can see all the big guns, really. You know, so people like I. Morrison. People like Morrison should stay. You know, he's, this will be his second relegation in a row. He's he's good, I believe, when he's fit, but. You know, he's, he's, he should stay with us. I think Anguisa should stay as well. Um, you know, we've read that Shirley will not be here. So it's going to be a massive, you know, defensively, if you look at who's contracted, our back four next year could be could be Christie, Ream, Mawson, Bryan. And then you've got Stephen Session on. You've got Marshand as well. You know, he could, he could come in you. Maybe a McDonald as well could play at the back. So I think defensively next year we're fine. Um, we're obviously going to see Rico leave, so I suspect yep. Betts will Betts will be the keeper, or if Fabry stays, who knows? Okay. Um, you know, but then we're going to see a change in midfield. You know, you've got McDonald still under contract. Uh, Johansson's gone on loan, but he's got an extension, so it's a question of whether he actually gets. You know, that's the other question. We've got extensions for Aiti, Cabano, Johansson, all these types of players. Uh, Adoy as well. You know, are we going to extend any of them if we go down? Should we? You know, we went up with them. Should they hang around for another year, two years? You know, they're, they're going to be that bit older. And should, and we, should we do what I said, which is, you know, build a fresh, give Del Toro a chance, give O'Reilly a chance? Um, you know, and let's see what they can do. Uh, you're going to have Font back. <laughs> I forgot about him. Yeah, you know, uh, you've got Eden as well. Um, yeah. You know, all these guys. So there, there could potentially next year be a lot of young players. Right. Not, but as long as we've learned the lessons from when McGaff is, which you can't have seven or eight of them playing. Um, no, a few. Need, you know, so... And I, I believe those players, as a group, coached the right way, would be good enough to stay in the division and, you know, mid-table-ish with some more reinforcements. So, you know, I posted out a squad, a 24-man squad of all the players that we would have next year um, if we sold all the big hitters. Um, and, you know, it's... It, it's not great, so it would need reinforcements, but you could be potentially selling a hundred million pounds worth of players. So uh, yeah. we, there's a there's positives to look at for next season. Relegation is bad, but right. planning wise, positivity wise, players we've got contracted who arguably should have no issue playing in championship. You know, if we put a team out next year with Bettinelli. Christie, Ream, Mawson, Bryan, McDonald, Anguisa, O'Reilly. Okay, Eden, Del Toro, and Font. Okay, the front three isn't great, um, but that that back five is fine. 
midfield should be okay. And then you're looking at strikers, which we're very sure of anyway. So <laughs> and we got no one coming through from the uh, under 23 striker wise. No. So that's near We're definitely going to have to reinforce. Yeah. But like we're talking about, Mike, we should have the money to do that. So maybe it's not as, as uh, dark as you might think going down. I Listen, I don't want them to get relegated, but I just wanted to pose it to you with my question that I don't think it's as bad as it was the last time because we do have assets that can help us. And maybe if we marry the two together, actually threefold, youngsters, players that we know can play in the championship, and then reinforcements with money from players sold, it might not be as bad as you might think. So I'm trying to look at the positive, which is very difficult to do. I'm glass half full, but I'm just thinking, well, we're going to go down, but I don't think it's going to be as bad as it was the last time. But we shall see. It's still full, Mike, as we, as we both know. You never know. All right. I have to give you this question, Mike. Harry Matthews tweeted, Tony Khan, in or out? Well, I, as I said earlier, I think he's he's going to be in. Um, and I, I repeat myself, but I say as I've said in previous shows, you know, he's he is co-owner, you know, certainly the son of the yeah. owner, and you know, he, it's his club. You know, he can do what he likes if he feels he he will spend the money or run the place the way he does it. That's what he will do. That's yeah. the same with any chairman. Um, so I don't, you know, I don't believe he's going to step down. It will be up to his dad, I think, to sure. to ask him to decide. And I've already said that I don't believe that will really happen. So I think he's going to stay. And, and um, but I can only hope that he heeds my advice and brings someone into work next to him who can be a buffer, if you like, or someone Absolutely. who can, you know, just whisper in his ear, "No, that's a, but you know, let's not go down that route. Let's look at this." Um, because I, I don't feel that's happening. Um, yeah. And as I've, said, as I've said before, I like Tony. I like his enthusiasm. Um, but, you know, it hasn't worked out this year. And you've got to take, you want to take the praise when you go up. You've got to take the knocks when we're having a bad totally season. Totally agree. Totally agree, Mike. I do want to say one thing about Tony. I, I want to give him credit because he's doing some very good things by uh, donating to Calm. So, London Calling Com, he's actually donated. And uh, that's very nice of him to do that. I believe he's done it twice. So uh, I, I want to thank him for doing that. Com is uh, a cause that uh, I've championed on uh, this show. And uh, Lee Adams and everyone that's involved is doing a great job. I'm just glad that Tony has gotten involved. So I, I want to mention that. All right, Mike, we are talking about the situation with Tony Khan, talk about maybe someone else coming in. So here's a uh, a topic for you on the Cottage Talk Facebook page. We're going to go there now. This goes along with what we're talking about. I'm talking about an interesting person throwing this out there because I've listened a lot to this person during the broadcast. This is from Kevin Hudson. Do you think it w- would now be advantageous to employ an experienced man to oversee our recruitment? I think Tony Gale would be perfect as not only someone who has the club at heart, but his Sky TV experience watching matches in the top two divisions would be invaluable. Now, as someone that listens to Tony uh, Gale often, I actually agree with this because Tony is extremely critical of Fulham, but he loves Fulham. What are your thoughts about this? I'm, I'm reluctant to say that. I mean, he's been retired a long time now. He's done a lot of media work and he, you know, he's got close ties with Fulham. But I feel if you're going to get involved at a club, you know, it's not coaching. It's more of a, you know, an office, if you like, uh, position. I felt he would have done that before now. So I'd rather see a a, ma- a person who has been hungry enough to work for a club already in some capacity, or or kept involved at that level, and not gone straight into me- not gone to media um, and spent his life there. I understand they watch a lot of games. Um, you know, a lot of the pundits and, and that yep. type of stuff. Um, but I, I'm not convinced that that's that's the best route to go. I would prefer someone who is who Only has in been football. involved. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And in football, I, we all mean, you know, at a club or right, club. right. That's what I meant. 
Mike, yeah. not not in the media right now because he's he has been out for a long period of time. I understand why you're talking about that. Okay, Mike, I have a couple of uh, questions for you that like on Twitter kind of go together. So I'm going to give them both to you at the same time. Chris Vieira, how can we spend over a hundred million and be embarrassing as we have been? That's part one. Richard Bamber says this, where do you think it all went wrong this season? Appreciate it's not just one thing, but interested in your key areas, guys. And more importantly, what have we learned as we must learn from this situation? Um, okay, so uh, so where where did it go wrong? Yeah, um, can you put your finger on it? Part time with Brian. Um, I, I, yeah, it's really odd, isn't it? I mean, we, you know, up to the Brighton game, two new up, things look good, and and then we, you know, had a bit of a break, played City, um, didn't really turn up for that game, and uh, you know, we had a bit of a win at Millwall. And then that run began, you know, losing to Everton and then losing to Arsenal. And I think it's we're certainly around that period where you kind of sort of lost faith in a couple of players. Yep. You know, Brian being one of them, um, who he dropped. Um, there were a couple of formation changes. Um, and, you know, the Arsenal game, you know, the halftime change, the formation was a disaster, you know, Cardiff. Uh, so I don't think there's, there's no one thing, but I, I try to think back over that period and it was the changes that Jukanovic was making to the, the back four and uh, formation-wise and some odd substitutions. And he just lost faith in, in whatever he was doing. And... Uh, you know, might might have been the word I used when I did a show around that time as well. But uh, yeah. yeah, it was. It just ran out of ideas, and um, you know, it's partly why what led to his demise. I think you know, just losing yeah. faith in 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 certain players. And I I've also had a look back at you know the first game of the season and a couple of games there, and you know, people talk about you know, Johansson hasn't played. Um, McDonald didn't play, Kearney didn't play. And I've gone back and looked at it and you know, in the first game of the season, he could have pl- he could have played eight of the players who turned up at Wembley, you know, who played at right. Wembley. Um, but he decided not to and for the next game it was almost similar. And so there were chances where he could have fielded that midfield three that we all loved. Yep. He could he could have fielded, you know, all the players who play who started up top at Wembley, uh, Kamara, Mitrovic, Sessionon, but he didn't do that enough, and so he went with players like the new new pit players like Angrisa and Siri. Um, he would have he should have played more some more. You know, he was on the bench four times if, during that sort of run. Um, so it was just. Whether he lost faith in certain players or what, I don't know. But it was Man City away. I think he just, you know, from that three 0 defeat, I think took a lot, of, a lot out of him because it was, it was the yeah. meeting of the two passing teams, wasn't it? It's, you know, we were so great in the championship, and they were, you know, the Premier League boys, the best passers, and you know, we got blown away. Because I was gonna, you said Mike, when we're talking about the Brighton match, because that everything might be a little further in when you talk about Man City because maybe he realized after that, okay, this isn't working. And then that's when maybe he started to doubt himself. Yeah. I mean, you know, maybe there is an element of that. He was, uh, you know, out coached by the best coach has to be said, but you know, you set yourself standards, don't you? And, uh, you know, um, we were nowhere near. No, no, Maybe that was the harsh reality, the Man City match. Maybe that's the real turning point. That's actually a great way to look at that, Mike, because I've tried to put my finger on it. Maybe it is that Man City match when Savisa realized that um, it wasn't going to work, and then he needed to change things, and that's when things got a little strange. And it's funny because I thought in that Brighton 
and whole Valbian match, we were headed in the right direction. It just went downhill from there. But maybe the real moment was Man City. That's that, that's very interesting that you brought that up, Mike. All right, let's move on. We have a couple more that I want to give to you here, my friend. Let's go here. Let's go to Edward Severn. If Fulham do go down, do you think that they can go straight back up? That's from Edward Severn. Yeah, I think we will we'll go back up. Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, I've seen all the same comments. Oh, we're going to get relegated and we're never going to come back and it's the end of the club and all this kind of stuff. Yes, it took us four years to get back. I've already said I think two years is a good good time scale. Yeah. Yeah, of course you can. Uh, we've shown we can do it. And the championship is bloody hard. Um, you know, it's a long season, but... Uh, I have to say, give me the 46 games on top of the 38. I mean, there's far too many breaks in the in the Premier League. <laughs> me, you know, I mean, it's I can get called a little, you know, little Fulham fan and somebody yep. who doesn't want to play at the level, that kind of stuff. Um, but it's amazing how how different those, you know, how different the season is. Yeah. Not having those like, eight extra games. Um, the gaps between our matches is just uh, far too long at times. And, um, you know, I don't know what you feel, Russ. I mean, you have to deal with, you know, I mean, it's Premier League. You get to watch everything now, don't you? But I, know I do. The championship a lot harder. But, uh, you know, I know speaking as a fan who is a season ticket holder and goes to every game, I mean, it's, um, I just find it incredibly frustrating. <laughs> well, Mike. Here's my thoughts on this because I've been asked a lot about the championship and uh, people might be uh, surprised by this. Do you know each and every week I'm watching championship matches? I'm watching Friday nights. Yeah. I'm even watching some Saturdays at 5.30 your time because sometimes the match is better than the Premier League match. I am watching a lot of championship matches because I happen to enjoy it. I would rather Fulham stay in the Premier League. But you bring up a valid point, Mike. I actually like the fact that there were 46 matches. I like the competition in the championship. And, uh, you know, again, I'm looking at it a little bit differently because I know I'll, I'll this time around be able to watch all the matches. But I enjoy watching the championship. That doesn't mean that I don't want Fulham to stay in the league because I do. But for me, Mike, I, I think you make a valid point. Having all those matches, it's like I'm missing something. It's, it's it's very interesting that you say that. Yeah, I mean, right. they're, they're, I mean, at the moment, Russ. I mean, Championship. They're on. I think they're on thirty games, aren't they? So, yeah. you know, <laughs> and so you know, we're on. What was it twenty-five? And um, you know, it's an extra game a month, maybe, right. if that's the way you look at it. But uh, you know, there's also midweek games. I think we've only had yeah. one, maybe midweek games at home and there's nothing better than the cottage in an evening game and uh, you know I, I miss those kind of games I have to say yeah. I hear you Mike well um, I hate to say it you might get it back very soon but uh, and that's not a good thing <laughs> yeah. alright I got one final question for you okay um, I had a decent amount of questions here my friend and it's been a great show but I do have one final question it's from Kevin Gower. This is an interesting one, Mike, because I was taken aback by these comments too. So I'm curious your thoughts. Kevin asked you, or both of us, what do you both think about Ranieri's comments about Mitro joining a good team if he plays well, scores more goals for us? Why would he even say that? I was thinking the same exact thing, Mike. Why would he say that? I'm, I'm probably going to have to plead the fifth here because I, I did see that uh, comment. Yeah. I actually haven't read or haven't read an article or watched a video where he actually said it. So I haven't seen a I video. I just saw the the comments. Yeah, I, I get the feeling he's probably been misquoted somehow. Okay. But, but to be fair, um, if he has said anything like that, then uh, you know it's yet another slip up by him. You know, which is when he first joined. I watched his press conference and I was. Very, very impressed. You know, he went from yep. English to French to Italian to, to Spanish within four or five questions. But his his sort of answers to the media, like with regard to Kamara, Killam, 
you know, stuff about yeah. session in the morning. There was a couple of other things as well that he said. Um, and, and you take this one, you know, he, he's got a bit of a gob on him, hasn't he? And uh, Absolutely. He, just, he doesn't, doesn't think before he says anything. I no, <laughs> he certainly does he, not, Mike. He has no filter. No, I mean, we all accept, you know, I've said already, Mitrovic will go if we get relegated. You know, we'll probably cash in if we, yep. you know, on it with a good wind, we could probably double the money we paid for him. He's certainly sure. worth it. Um, sure, but, but if he did make need... these comments, why say them, I think, is the point. There's no reason to say that. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it was, like I say, yet another, uh, <laughs> you know, faux pas by our uh, manager. <laughs> Oh, Mike, it's been such a mess. Even going through this with you, it just reminds me of the mess that Foam are in right now. And it's very sad because I was there for the championship final, and I just keep reminding myself that I was actually there, that I actually witnessed that. And to see how far it's fallen and us going through this show, you know, I feel bad for you. I feel bad for all the Foam supporters that are at all these matches and just supporting the team and also all the fans around the world. None of us deserve this, Mike, honestly. And uh, it's just, it's it's so hard to watch the pinnacle, the height that we were at last season to come crashing down like this. And I'm just going to assume, because I didn't think it would be like this. You actually reminded me how difficult it was going to be when you said on a show this summer, you know, I just want to survive. And I was thinking like the cons. The cons are thinking they want to be ambitious. Maybe they should have been thinking more like you, Mike. Maybe that's the flaw here, that they were thinking too ambitious and weren't thinking more practical, like you were. Uh, for me, it was always about 17th. It was just yeah. stay up, and then the money rolls, starts kicking in. But, uh, you know, we're not even going to do that. And, yeah, I mean, we made all those transfers, and you, d- you did on Friends of Fulham and on Twitter. Oh, we're going we're gonna to challenge for 7th for 8th from you know, at best, at best, I, I was saying 14th. Yeah, um, I said 10th, and I was as wrong as you can be. Yeah, I mean, the, the Premier League has been a, a real shock for, for a number of us who have come back and four years later and uh, have witnessed what we're seeing. And, you know, mm-hmm. and that's why you've got to learn your lesson, go down, know what you're going to need in two, two or three years when you come back and, and build for that. And... Um, you know, we can only hope that the Khans, uh, you know, take a lot on board, reset some of the stuff at the club, absolutely, make changes yep. where needed, and um, and push on. And our dad as well, start building building that stand because you know already absolutely you know, we're into the first week of February, and they should have been um, getting notification out to season ticket holders in the stands that. Uh, of what's happening, so I'm going to give them another week to do that, and you know, because uh, really, that's the last thing we need is is them sort of saying, "No, oh, we're not going to build it now." You know, I know the club needs I know. to push on. So, so, yeah, absolutely, Mike. Regardless of relegation, they need to build that stand. It needs to begin, and you know, it's it's very important for the future of football club. I I know they know this, so I'm just hoping that there is no delay, that it just goes forward. You know, I don't want to blame them for something that hasn't happened yet. So let's just hope that it goes forward because I, I think that is extremely important. Listen, my friend, uh, thank you so much for joining me. It, it, it's difficult to do in, in the situation that Fulmer in just talking about it, but it's always good talking to you, and, and you always uh, ground me. So thank you, Mike. No problem, Russ. I enjoy doing the shows, and uh... You know, while the people still want to listen and uh, send trust me, people in, listen, I'm, Mike. I get requests I'm for you not. all the time. <laughs> well, hopefully, I'll try and do a post-match show fairly soon. But, oh, well, uh, that would be nice. That would be great, Mike. All right, well, great show. But let's wrap this up for my co-host, Mike Gregg. I'm Russ Goldman. Thank you as always for listening to Cottage Talk. It's the 90th minute, and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. 
at participating restaurants. 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.